what since the second half really how much they've really struggled charged with finding some stability from this scrum and he can't find it that's a mighty shot a mighty Mark Lester the scrum battle resumes now and a big shot from Brazil oh that's sensational this episode of the journey of a grassroots rugby coach is brought to you by Bull and Bear Crew. Bull and Bear Crew is a range of men's skincare products. There is face moisturizers, face mist, body wash, beard wash, shave oil, and moisturizer. They come in a 100 ml pack, aluminium bottles. So they're safe for traveling. You can use them check-in your baggage. Uh, they also come in larger at-home bottles. All bottles are refillable, reusable, and recyclable. You can buy refill pouches to refill bottles you have at home if you don't want to purchase bottles from Bull & Bear Crew. Um, they've just been released. A great product, um, all natural, uh, all vegan, tested on men, not on animals. Um, all that good stuff. Recyclable, reusable, and refillable. So you can use them over and over and over again. Go to their website, check them out, www.bullandbearcrew.com. Uh, place your order. At the moment, they're only shipping within Australia, um, but keep your ears and your eyes out to the website. Uh, they may be able to extend the shipping at some point in the future. Um, please enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the next episode of The Journey of a Grassroots Rugby Coach. And today's episode is a little bit different. Today I've got two guests on board, Kayla Colburn and Grant Keenan. Kayla is the CEO and the general manager of a company called BOMA, um, and they run executive leadership training. And they've partnered up with the Crusaders to run the Crusader Coach Leadership Program. Grant Keenan is in charge of the... Crusaders International Academy, uh, so he does all that. They recently ran a course in November, which I uh, took part in, took a hell of a lot away from it. Um, so they've just come on on this episode to talk about the program itself, um, what it's focused on, who it'll benefit, uh, and all that type of stuff. So this one's a little bit different. The next course they run is starting at the end of January. So if you're keen to be involved, uh, contact them. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, but any person out there, whether you're a coach or a manager or a leader, you'll take something away from this course. Uh, highly recommend it myself. As if we think about the the um, team leadership, which is really what our course is focused on, and your question, bully, about you know should we be afraid about sharing this with other people? Effectively, there's no secret to that. It's basically <laughs> going. Right. It's like, yeah. how do we connect with people? And if if we if if crusaders were not willing to share that, you know, any team that's not willing to share that is basically saying, I want other teams to suffer. Like I want, you know, we it, by sharing it, what we're saying is we want every rugby player in the world to feel cared for by their coach. That will make a better world. It'll make a better sport. It'll make a better competition. It'll make it more exciting. The game's going to be better for everybody. Then we can worry about who wins. Then we can worry about who trains harder, technical, who gets the technical, tactical better, whatever. But 
If we have every rugby player in the world feeling cared for by a coach from the under fives right through to the to the all blacks and to the, the national teams, like how good would that be for the sport for everybody? And that's yeah. really what we want to build. So how can we build a how can we build a world where we're, you know, supporting coaches for how to do that in a way that allows them to coach effectively and win games and be good at what they do? So how about we make a start? Um, so thank you both for joining me tonight. Um, it's a little bit different tonight. Um, we've got multiple guests on tonight. So um, we're just going to introduce you both. Of course, the listeners probably don't know who don't know who you are, um, but just, you know, who, who are you? Whereabouts are you at the moment? And um, how did we come in contact? Um, because I know... One's involved in the grassroots game and one may or may not be, but is indirectly involved in the grassroots game, if that makes sense to everybody. Uh, Grant, over well, to you. Yeah, thanks, Bully. Uh, lovely to uh, to be on here, mate, and uh, thanks for having us. Uh, my name's Grant Keenan, and I manage the Crusaders International Academy um, at the Crusaders. Um, so what we do is we grow and develop the game worldwide as much as we possibly can through running our internal coaching courses and our playing courses. So our playing courses are run during the winter here in, in Christchurch. So end of March through the end of July, which, which is in line with our club rugby dates. Um, and then from there, we'll look to travel the world and, and share the Crusader uh, love, the knowledge, everything we have, because we're just great believers. And the more we share, the better that we become and the better that we grow as well. So um, we're very fortunate um, at the Crusaders to have a great bunch of people. Uh, we've been operational now for you know 26 years and every year it changes. And um, I guess the game changes, but the people don't. We, we just ensure that the people are great people, um, that we enjoy each other's company very much, hold each other accountable, and uh, and hopefully at the end of it, you know, we create something that's new every year. So, um, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm actually in Japan at the moment, Bully. Uh, we have a partner here with the Crusaders. So um, my role here is a high-performance role, which um, I'm trying to implement some Crusader strategies into the company here. And um, and things always take time, so it's just little slow burns as we go. Uh, but the, probably the big thing what we're trying to work on here, mate, is, you know, we're trying to improve their skill set, trying to in, improve their systems, their structures, and and develop a, a high-performance framework. So um, thanks again for having us, mate. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. No problem at all, Grant. And I'm Kyla Colbin, um, and... Uh, I am the founder and chief executive of a company called BOMA, and BOMA has the great privilege of being the official leadership training partner for Crusaders. So we get the privilege of working with Grant, working with Razor, working with um, Colin, the chief executive, working with the whole crew over at Crusaders Rugby to support them in their um, leadership development. And as part of that partnership, uh, we worked with Crusaders to develop the Crusaders Coaching Leadership Program, which basically takes a lot of the work that Grant has been doing with the Crusaders International Academy and makes it accessible uh, in an online format to rugby coaches worldwide, um, primarily from high school to professional level, although we do have some coaches who come in um, uh, for uh, with, with teams a bit younger. Uh, but effectively, what we've done is we've been able to capture 
some of the incredible contributions from legends like Robbie Deans, you know, Razor, Scott Robertson, Karen Reed, Samuel Whitelock. And we bring cohorts through uh, a program that um, that watches those guys on video, but then the cohorts get to talk to each other about it and learn from Grant, from other teaching assistants like uh, Shane Fletcher and other crusaders, you know, amazing crusaders folks. Um, so that again, we can just elevate rugby worldwide and make the game better for everybody. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, question for either of you. Um, so, and we all know how the how the Crusaders, you know, they talk about how they do what they do, and it's all about the people and this type of stuff. Um, and so, who who approached who about running this setup that you've got now, so that what what you have is accessible to people from all over the world without having to travel to New Zealand, although that's, that is a great shame that we didn't get to go to New Zealand, but you know, it was also good that we could do what we did. I'll tell you what, Billy, it was the most serendipitous thing imaginable. So here's basically my recollection of it. And Grant, you might have a different recollection, but I've, so I, my company BOMA, we've been offering leadership development programs for, you know, we've been running for four years. We run executive programs, directors programs, and we've been working on this model for how we can create something that's a virtual program, but that like we've all been on virtual programs that are like not that exciting or that, you know, we feel kind of disconnected to. So we're working on something that's a virtual program where people can feel just as much connection, but also have the advantage of not having to get up at two in the morning or, you know, if they can't travel to New Zealand, still being able to participate, but feeling as, as excited about it as they would a face-to-face -face program. And you know, when we were, we've been thinking about this for a while. And when we formed our partnership with Crusaders, our original partnership was for the leadership team to be participating in some of our training programs that we run here in New Zealand. And Alex Lemon, who's the head of partnerships, uh, at, I forget his exact title, head of partnerships, partnerships director, something like that. Anyway, uh, at Crusaders, uh, told me about this amazing work that Grant and the team had been doing. And I hadn't realized that the Crusaders were so well known that pre-COVID rugby coaches from around the world used to come to Christchurch to, to train with them to learn you know, more about their way of doing things. Uh, and of course, then COVID hit and that wasn't possible. And so Grant just, you know, so scrappy and persistent and brilliant was like, we're going to do it anyway, but we're going to do it virtually. And so ran, this is sorry, it feels weird to be talking about you with you in the room here, mate. But like, you know, so Grant basically pulled together these Zoom programs for rugby coaches to be able to still participate the way that that they had during COVID. And of course, those were amazing. I think you got great, you got great turnout, great reaction from them. And of course, the challenge with those is that they're really hard to scale because it's two weeks and it's every day and it's at a certain time. And so you need people to be around, the participants need to be around at that time. And then the folks delivering have to be there at that time. And so we at we were right in the middle of forming our partnership then. And you all shared with me what you'd been up to. And I had a, that model of being able to capture legends on video and then being able to bring people through as a cohort. And I said to Alex, look, here's the, I'll give you two choices. I can tell you everything 
about the way that we would go about this and you can go ahead and do it. You don't need us at all, or we can partner with it. And Alex said, we're definitely partnering because you can tell us everything about what you do. And then I'll be back next week with more questions. And so we ended up just partnering and, and, you know, shortly after we partnered, we stumbled on a grant from education, New Zealand, education, New Zealand provided us with an incredible grant to be able to capture the beautifully produced video of Robbie Razor, uh, Karen and Samuel. We worked with an award-winning filmmaker to get all that on video. It all just came together just like meant to be, meant to be. Yeah, and that's really good. And I think I think COVID has changed the way we do these. Um, like you said, we've all, I know I have, we've all been to those training seminars and, and it's just, you know, you're trying to, you drink eight cups of coffee a day just to stay awake type stuff. Um, we're now with the way, like with, with this program and everyone's used to Zoom and all this type of stuff now. So um, it's just changed the way, it's opened the world up to everybody to do these things. Um, yeah. Um, well, it's, a, it's a great point. It's a great point you make because look, yeah. we were very reluctant to do this. Um, so 2020, uh, February, March, COVID hit NZ, and um, that was the end of our playing and coach program from for 2020. And then we sort of tossed it over and do, do we, 2021, do we run these courses, don't we? Speaking with the coaches, oh, we're worried about getting this videoed and et cetera, et cetera. So look, long story short, we, we just found, Bully, that if you've got the right message with the right people, Zoom is actually not a challenge at all. And, um, and and I think that's taught us a lot of things over COVID. So um, in the end, it was a great success with what we ran. Uh, we did two in 2021, another one in April this year. But we, we're always wanting to push the boundaries, I guess, at the Crusaders and work out how can this be better? How can we actually deliver a better product? And I just felt that for us, ours would have, we probably could have gone another year fully, but we needed to partner with someone that is professional in, in what we wanted to deliver, especially around leadership, hence Kyla and her company and the people that are involved with with the, with Kyla's team, they're just yeah, outstanding people, very like-like with the Crusaders. So it was such an easy transition. So, you know, it's it's now, we've got the next one on the 30th of Jan, is how can we improve that one to be better than the last? Because that's the mindset we've all got in the same room. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, Grant, because even as coaches, like for me, you always, even if it's, you know, we're always trying to improve, even if it's 0.01 of a percent, but always looking to improve, you know, like I'm I'm a different coach than what I was six months ago, you know, because like you said, and sometimes they're the little things that we change. So um, it it would be interesting to compare some of the feedback, like from the next one, if, I know it's probably not possible, but to get someone, you know, that's looked over all three and gone, well, that, that's where they're shanty. You know what I mean? But yeah, don't yeah. worry about that. Kyla's got that well under control. I can, I can <laughs> assure you of that. I, I bet she has. I bet she has. So can I just, I, you know, that, that point of the, of the 0.01% improving, I have, a, I have a, a, it's a sports story, but it's not a rugby story, but a mate of mine, Jamie Fitzgerald, um, you might've heard of him, Grant. He, um, he's, he's done all sorts of adventure things. And um, he did this race where they, I think they had to cross the Indian ocean and they hit a storm and they had, were faced with a choice of, do we put out the sea anchor and just try not to move backwards too much? Or do we keep rowing even though we can't make any progress? 
And they, so it's like, you know, two people per boat and they've got, you know, it's this 30 day race or whatever across the Indian ocean. And they decided to keep rowing and they rowed all through the storm, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours. I don't know how long the storm was, but whatever it was. And they, no communication while the storm was underway and the sun comes out and they communicate back with their manager uh, at HQ. And the manager says, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And they checked their um, position and they literally hadn't moved at all. And they're like, what are you talking about? Keep doing it. We haven't moved at all. And the manager's like, every single other person in the race has gone backwards. And they ended up winning. Like they were, they were whatever they were ahead by at the end of that storm, that's what they won the whole race by. And that point of going, if we can just keep, just keep to whatever we can do to keep doing whatever we can do to just get that little bit better, that constant commitment to just improving ourselves. That's what makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good story. That's, and sometimes it is, it's those little, those little, you know, people call them one percenters, but sometimes it's not even one percent. It's, you know, it's it's half a centimeter on on your jump, or you know, you know whatever whatever that is for you. So that's a really good point. Um, and that's what this podcast about is just trying to get help coaches get better and learn from experiences that some of the um, other coaches have had. Um, and we often talk on these around the disappointments that we have as coaches and how we bounce back from that. So that's a really good, uh, good story. Um, Cause we all, we all get disappointments. Grant's probably had quite a few in his, in his day, but it's how we bounce, how we reflect and bounce back. Um, which was some of the stuff that they spoke about during those courses as well, is that um, bringing the best out of people in difficult times. Um. So what have you found that with the program that you're running now, the, the online one over Zoom, are you getting more interest from coaches at the lower levels or? Yeah, so it might, it might be worth actually um, giving a little bit of an overview of kind of how the program runs. Because when we say it's online over Zoom, I think people might have a mental picture of it that's a little yep. bit different than what it's like. So effectively what we've done is we've taken, we call them the popes. So forgive me if any of your Catholic listeners, we, we've taken, you know, these these four guys who are really legends, right? Robbie Dean, Scott Robertson, Kieran Reed, Sammy Whitelock. And we've created almost like little TV, a little TV series of them. Like, you know, we worked with this award-winning filmmaker. We captured them on video. We created these beautiful videos of them just sharing their insights in this incredibly kind of intimate and really just real down to earth way. And then what we did is we built around that um, a workbook with exercises and things to read. And what we do is people join the program and you can watch the video. We we release the videos at certain times. So we, we group them together into what we call modules. We've got four modules in the program. We drop the, the modules uh, at certain times throughout the program. You can watch it anytime. So you can watch it when you wake up in Australia. You can watch it when you wake up in Cape Town. You can watch it wake up in Japan, New Zealand, doesn't matter. But we then connect you with everyone else who's doing the program. And part of the homework and the exercises are talking to the other folks who are doing the program about your experiences and how what you hear from those guys apply 
applies to your own kind of coaching context. So it's a little bit different to, you know, when we think about a program on Zoom that people have to be there, like, you know, on Zoom. It's more like if you imagine, uh, let's say you're um, uh, a super like House of the Dragon fan and you've connected with an online community of House of the Dragon fans and you can watch the latest episode whenever you want, whenever you wake up in your you know local place, but you want to watch it as soon as possible because that's when everyone in your local community in your online community is talking about it. So it's it's a little bit like that. And what we found, you know, that that program that you were on, Bully, we had a hundred coaches from 14 countries and folks ranging, like I said, from you know, from high school to professional level. But one of the things that's super fascinating that was really fascinating to me, and Grant, I think you'll have some commentary on this. When we first started developing this program, we had a lot of discussion, didn't we, Grant, about how much technical, tactical content to use and how much culture focus. And the Crusaders are so focused on culture. It's such the, you know, it's so much the outstanding point of difference for Crusaders. And the bulk of the program is really focused on culture. It's cult the modules are culture counts, player, uh, person first, player second, play to your strengths. It's all stuff about like, how do we get the players in a place where they're ready to perform at their best as a team? And what we found is that that conversation, it doesn't matter if you're coaching. Robbie says, there's a part in the video where he says, there's no difference if you're coaching under fives or if you're a professional, the fact you're getting paid is totally irrelevant. It's all about how you show up with the players and the kind of place you create for them. Yeah. And, and I think the key point there is that there was very little tactical, technical content. Um, of course, it's not so much now, but even when I was a less experienced coach, you'd go and you'd, these guys would be talking tactical technical stuff at this level and half the room are going what are they what are they talking about i don't understand where and like you said this was all about connecting to your players what you do here what you and there was no he said doesn't matter under fives super rugby international it's it's the same concepts and i think that's a really good point so for the coaches out there that are like oh, i don't want to do it because it's going to be tactically or technically you know, I only coach under sevens. Well, it's there's none of that in it. It's all that connection and you know, right people, and like so. Yeah, that that's one that I really found that was good. Yeah, because you didn't, and even the conversations, like you said, those little group conversations, it was all around connecting to players, and you know, I had a player do this, and this is what we did as a group, and. So it was all and all, all little snippets of ideas on how we bring bring our players together. And there was no in the group I was in, there was no tactical, technical, technical talk at all. It was all just, you know, connections, which was yeah, it was awesome. So can I tell you a story from one of our participants on the program you were on that mm -hmm. to me is like this story, I've told it so many times now because this story is the, the the reason I get out of bed every day and like why I do what I do. So one of the one of the um coaches on the program that you did uh shared with us, it was about a week and a half in. It wasn't even like after the program, it was about a week and a half in. Uh, and he said that he had had uh, a kid drop off in the um, postseason, stop engaging with the rest of the team, stop engaging with the activities. 
And because of the program, he reached out to this kid to find out what had happened and why he wasn't engaging anymore. And it turned out that this kid had gotten DIC, so drunk in charge of a vehicle. So basically he was drink driving, um, got busted for it and was super ashamed about it. He'd let the team down. He hadn't lived into the team values. And so he just like fully kind of shut off. And this guy, as he was sharing the story, what he what he said was because of what Razor and Robbie had encouraged in terms of connecting with the team, he was able to encourage this kid to come back and share what had happened with the rest of the team. And the kid was now fully back on board, fully reengaged and ready to participate next year. Not only that, but the whole team had a whole new level of vulnerability and connection with each other and kind of authenticity. And he shared this story and I was reading, boy, honestly, Grant knows I'm a total crier. I was reading this story. I was literally, I was sobbing. I was fully sobbing. And the reason I was sobbing is because I'm thinking about this. These are 18 to 21 year olds that this guy coaches. And I'm thinking about this kid and I'm imagining, you know, being 18, 19, 20 years old and being in this kid's position and getting busted for drink driving and feeling super ashamed about it. Like, I definitely can't tell anybody about it. There's no way they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're never going to talk to me again. And what this coach did, that's a, that's a turning point in this kid's life. And this kid, basically, if the coach doesn't reach out, this kid goes down one path and, and people will say, Oh, how come you don't play rugby anymore? And he'll be like, Oh, I don't know. It got kind of boring or I wasn't that into it. Or I didn't like my coach. You know, he'll make up some kind of a story about why he doesn't play rugby anymore. And instead, he went down a different path because of what this guy learned in the program, went down a different path. And the path he went down is a path where he was able to make a mistake, get seen for as a flawed human being who makes mistakes, get well, get held accountable for it, get welcomed back in and still be able to be redeemed. And I just feel like that is it's such a beautiful moment. That's what gets me out of bed every day. And it was one of the exciting things about this program is like people being able to see their players for the human beings that they are and connect with them in that special way. That's, that's a great story. And I think, you know, it's it's the value of being in a team bully and, and it doesn't have to be yeah. a rugby team. It can be your work team. But what that coach has, has shown to that young player is that he cares. And I think once you are able to provide a caring and um, a trustworthy re relationship, trustworthy environment, then that kid will do anything now for that team. And, yeah. um, and, and look what it's, it's galvanised that group together. And, you know, coaches out there, if you show your players you care, get to know your players, l learn how they understand how they take, because we all learn differently. Um, and once you can understand how they learn and that you really, really care for them, jeepers, you've got something powerful. Yeah, and that, that's a really good point. And I talked to a few guys about it. Like once, once the players know that you like you've got that care care for them. It also then gives them that opportunity to go, oh yeah, look, I'm a bit off my game today. You know, one of the kids is sick or I've got a sick relative or you know, whatever, whatever the reason is that they're not performing where they should be, but they feel they can have that conversation with you because at the end of the day, and I, and I say to our guys when we have a bad day, you know, who who played a crap game game today and they'll, you know, yeah, me, me. Okay, does that make you a better or worse rugby player? And they go, "Well, I'm still a rugby player." Well, there you go. Let, let's let's move on. Like it doesn't that that doesn't define you. Um, like you said, they, then these guys start. They play for you. They don't, you know, and they they know that they can talk to you about, you know, you know. Oh yeah, look, I've got this going on at home or whatever it is that 
might seem they think it's trivial, but it might might be to everyone else, but to them it's not. Yeah. So and that was and that and it was good that that got brought. The way the the boys spoke in the course was all around that connection and the stuff that we do do because some they call them difficult conversations for a reason, you know. Um, but the more you know your players and they know that you care about them, the easier it is to have that hard conversation. If that if that makes sense. And the easier it is for them to open up. So no, that was really good. Um, where else? What else? Did, um, so you spoke before, Grant, about the the old player coach programs that you used to run pre-COVID. Are they? Are you going to be run? As Crusaders going to be running those in conjunction with these um, online sessions, or that hasn't? Yeah, just... so so what we'll do there, Bully, is we'll we'll kick off again in 2023 into March. Yep. We'll kick off our player program again. So yep. what that involves is players. I think we've had players from 35 different countries. We, so we started in 2008 mm-hmm. uh, with this international um, academy, and it's now 2023. So we've had the last three years. We've obviously with COVID, we've we've had to put a halt on it. But um, so our player program will kick off again. Yeah, 36 countries. Uh, we've got an honours board of about 16 players. Uh, I've got a, a couple of uh, Canadian boys I just need to update who have now represented Canada. So, yeah, we've had we've had those players have gone on to play play for their their countries, uh, which is fantastic. So we'll kick that off again. So what that involves, mate, is players will train with us twice a day, uh, Tuesday, Thursdays, three times a day, because we'll go and play, go and train with their club sides. We put them into club teams and um, and away they go. So they could be here from four, six, eight, twelve to eighteen weeks. Yeah. Uh, we place them into local homestays, uh, trusted homestay families where they get to learn, I guess, the New Zealand way. Uh, you know, we talk differently and we drive on the other side of the road, and our food's a bit different than what they're used to. But <laughs> it's getting them to understand, you know, the New Zealand way and the, and and importantly, so our way, our Crusader way. Um, and and we aim to try and make them a better person and hopefully a better rugby player by the time they leave. Um, and in regards to the coaching side of it, we will run one more. We run one a year, just a two week coaching okay. course, yeah. very very similar to what we do with with Kyla and her team. But this is more around the coaching side of it, so they get immersed into the Crusaders um, environment, get to watch them train. Um, we we put them into club sides where they'll get to go along and see the grassroots. We will get them involved in schoolboy rugby. And most importantly, they'll get to understand how, how we do it. We'll get the Crusader coaching team will come and present. Uh, we'll get a couple of players to come and present. And um, we just get them to understand just how we do things. And But we limit that to only 20 coaches right. um, okay. per year. And uh, that's going to run end of, end of May through to start of July. So a couple of weeks there. And look, there's people around the world who can't come to New Zealand. So this is where um, our course with Kyla, this is where it's, it's perfect. Now we've got coaches around the world who can come to New Zealand, so we offer that opportunity as well. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. That's really good. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, because I'd previously looked at that two-week um, live-in one before COVID. Um, that's yeah. where we first met, mate. That's yeah, yeah, quite a, few, quite a few years quite ago. Quite a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one question I've probably got, and you may or may not know the answer to it, Grant, Um the all the New Zealand coaches that are in New Zealand at the moment all share amongst themselves and um, with like you know um 
all their if intel and all that type of stuff. It's all there. It's all available to everyone to look at. Do you know what the thought process was that started that off? Is like we've heard stories. I think it was Graham Henry uh, presented to all the Super Rugby coaches the year they won, and he gave his. He was my playbook and all all this type of stuff. Because um, to be honest, in Australia, till about four or five years ago, it was all like, "This is mine. You can't have it." Um, which I think was detrimental to Australian rugby. Um, so do you know what the like the turning point was where the Kiwi coaches went just not give it out to everybody, but happy to run because there's like there's your program, there's the IRANS program, there's a few others around that run um, those those types of programs. Yeah, I think um, there's, there's a couple of things here, really, uh, Bully. Is um, I think an Aussie, I know Sean Graham at Nudgee College runs mm -hmm. um, a weekend over there in, in mid January, and yep. uh, he did the first one last year. And uh, we have Aaron Webb, our Crusaders Academy Manager, presented that to there and is presenting again this year. So I think what Sean Shawnee's doing up there at Nudge is outstanding. And he's he's getting close to 100 coaches there as well and getting some great speakers in, which is very similar to what we're doing. And I yep. think Wayne, Wayne Smith probably, there's a if you get on YouTube and, 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 and find Wayne, Smithy said, gee, because it was way back in, I think, Kyla, way back in like 98, 98, 99, where he spoke about, you know, we, we've got to keep the game evolving. We've got to keep growing our players, growing our coaches, because if we're giving all our, our information, then it's making us think how are we going to evolve, how are we going to be better? Because if if we're giving this to these coaches, well, then I need to make sure that I'm another step ahead, that yeah. I'm evolving our group of people for us to be better. And that's one thing about the Crusaders is we share everything. Mm. Why, why not? Why, why hold it back? You can soon get it. You can soon see it on the TV. Um, but it's evolving the players and coaches, but more importantly, it's making us go, well, where are we going to find the next little gold nugget? How do we evolve? How do we change our game to be better than what it was last year? Because if you don't, teams chase you because that's the, that's the challenge about being number one. Yeah, that's the hardest part about being, you know, what do they say? The the, the king's crown is the heaviest or something, you know. Um, that's right. Yeah, no, that's good. And like most coaches in Australia, you know, you know, the Kiwi coaches are, are quite happy to share. Um, but like I said, over here, it was really, none of that really happened. Probably about oh, five, six years ago, it started to happen over here. And I've heard some really good things about that nudgy, that nudgy college weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think we, we had a, a great example of a story with, with the last course that we run, which was 2019. And uh, we had Ronan Agara was with the Crusaders then. And yep. he, uh, five of the coaches had got to work early, five OC coaches had got to work early. And then they, because we've got a coffee shop across the road. So they popped across there to Machino and they, they grabbed a coffee. And, and Rog was in there having his eggs on toast. And he said, boys, boys, come and sit down, come and sit down. And so they sat with, with Ronan for half an hour to 40 minutes. And every problem that those five, one had, they all had the same or similar yeah. problem. So yeah. Rod just explained it in a real simple and and um, a real, I wouldn't say basic, but just a real level term that, that everyone could understand. And I said to the I said to the coaches at the end of the course, I said, you know, how did you find the course? And you sort of hope, oh, Grant, you did such a great job, you know. Yeah, you. Yeah. But they were like, no, it was the 30 minutes or 45 minutes that they have with Ronan just talking about their issues and and his ability to share and give all his knowledge. They were like, wow, this is what rugby's about. This is what coaching's about. Um, and yeah, it's a, yeah, it a great story. And um, 
you know, and I don't know if you know Rog, but if you if you hear him talk and listen to him, he's 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 incredible, incredible. Yeah. No, I've never I've never met the man, but I've I see the stuff that he does, and it's like, yeah, yeah. You and you'd pay good money to sit with him for forty five minutes, like as if if he was the speaker at an event, and you had that opportunity, you'd pay good money to to have that experience. Um, yeah, and I think too, and. And Kayla sort of mentioned it there before, those little groups and the little breakout groups and the little WhatsApp chats that are happening now away from the original course. Again, all those little, I've got this happening. Can someone help? Like, um, It's like the old adage, you know, when you go to a club to run a PD session, you leave the bar open and everyone stands around the bar and they start talking shop and have those little coffees. And, and sometimes that's where the gold comes out as well. Um, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, like the coaches all want the technical, technical. They all want the next thing that's going to win them the competition. But it's not that. Mm. You've got to understand your people first. And this is what Kyla and her team have done outstanding by putting this yeah. online leadership, coaching leadership together. As you as you well know, you're on it. Yes. Yeah. It's not the technical, technical. Understand your people, know your people. Get them to work with you. Show them that you care. Yeah. The technical, yeah, the, technical the funny... take care of itself. Mm. The funny thing about that is if we think about the the um, team leadership, which is really what our course is focused on, and your question, Bully, about, you know, should we be afraid about sharing this with other people? Effectively, there's no secret to that. It's basically <laughs> going, right? It's like, yeah. how do we connect with people? And if, if we, if, if Crusaders we're not willing to share that, you know, any team that's not willing to share that is basically saying, I want other teams to suffer. Like I want, you know, we, it, by sharing it, what we're saying is we want every rugby player in the world to feel cared for by their coach. That will make a better world. It'll make a better sport. It'll make a better competition. It'll make it more exciting. The game's going to be better for everybody. Then we can worry about who wins. Then we can worry about who trains harder, technical, who gets the technical tackle better, whatever. But if we have every rugby player in the world feeling cared for by a coach from the under fives right through to the to the all blacks and to the, the national teams, like how good would that be for the sport for everybody? And that's yeah. really what we want to build. So how can we build a how can we build a world where we're you know supporting coaches for how to do that in a way that allows them to coach effectively and win games and be good at what they do? Yeah, and that's what that's what we owe the game as as us as teachers and coaches. That's what we owe. You know, the game gives us so much. We have to put back into the game every day by teaching people, coaching people to be better. That's that's our job as coaches. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I think where we get caught is we get the young coach. And when I say young coaches, I mean inexperienced coaches, you know, it's usually the dad that's too slow to step back or, you know, he's got a kid that's playing and he gets in there and he just gets overwhelmed because he mightn't have played for 10 or 15 years and, you know, coaching's changed and, and that, and they get overwhelmed and, and they walk away because they're too focused on that technical, technical stuff um, where, you know, if, and that's, that's where I think I, I say to guys, go and watch the under-7s coach or the under-8s coach. Because te technical and tactical to under-7s and under-8s is zero. It's about, you know, making them feel safe, making them happy, making them laugh, making them feel understood. And then, you know, the rest of it, like I said, the rest of it comes along. Um, 
So do you find, Grant, in the stuff that you do um, and talking to other coaches and running stuff with other coaches away from this program, do we concentrate on the technical and tactical too much at the lower levels? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think that we we some of the coaches that you see at the lower levels are, are very a very tunnel vision in their in their thinking and very tunnel vision in their output because all they want to do is win. Um, you know, winning is a byproduct. Um, getting to understand your kids, getting them to have enjoyment, to have fun, um, wanting them to turn up and, and train and play that that is far greater than winning. Winning, winning will come. It might not come this year. It might not come next year. But it will come. But what you've left is those kids will remember that time that Bully Shaw come down and, and coached us for three years in the under sevens, eights and nines. And cheapers, we had so much fun. And we're, they're, they're memories that we've had forever. And I think that that's more powerful. Oh, look, mate, yeah. I've coached with I've coached with players at, at representative or sorry, coached with coaches at representative level before. And you can see all they want to do is get to the professional stage. And they want to pinch and steal and get as much info, much intel from what how you deliver your language because they've got a mindset of this is where I want to get to. And and look, that that's great because there are yeah. coaches and people that are like that. But um and if you don't get there, then what happens to that coach? How do you coach now? How how does that change you as a coach? What are you delivering to your players now that you haven't quite got there? Yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, when we, you know, we mimic other coaches, and you know, we've all we've all you know seen those coaches that you go, oh, you've watched something on YouTube this week, or oh, you went to that se same seminar I went to because you're running the same drills <laughs> that they did, but you're doing them for <laughs> under nines, like yeah. you know. Um, and because a lot of the stuff I do is, is around the set piece stuff. And I get a lot of guys asking me stuff around some of the technical, technical stuff. I'm going, mate, is the guy strong? Yep. Is he doing what you want him to do? Yep. Don't worry about it. Like, mm. you know, the guy's 150 kilos and can mm. squat, you know, squat mm. his body weight. Mm. Okay. He's, he's, he's by articulate lines a little bit out, but no mm. one's moving him. So mm. I'm not going right. to, why correct that, you know? And, and I think, like you said, we get too caught up in that. Is is that is that player doing what we want him to do? And a chat I had with a guy the other day, he said, "Do we concentrate on winning, or should we concentrate on progress?" Hmm. And like the example is, you know, like my club's my my club team comes over to New Zealand and plays the All Blacks. We're never going to win that game, but did we achieve what we wanted to do? Did we improve? Did we go from being beaten 80 nil every game to being beaten 40 nil? That's an improvement. So is that is is that a win? For me, it is. And but for some coaches, it's mm. so like I said, it's that mindset around what is what, what's a win? Or is it about getting better? And, and there's oh my gosh, Billy, such a good story. And what it speaks to is if your mindset is I'm here to win, then the moment you show up as the club team to play against the All Blacks, you give up. Because mm. why, yeah. why, why would I bother? There's no yeah. way I'm going to win. Whereas if your mindset is, I'm going to get everything out of this experience I possibly can, then you're going to show up and you're going to play the full 80 like as hard as you possibly can. And it doesn't matter if you lose by 100. Who cares? You're there to learn everything you can and play as hard as you can. And that's really that difference of going, and if I'm if if winning is my is the only reason I'm here, then 
when things get hard, I'm going to, I'm going to despair and I'm going to throw in the towel. But if like learning and delivering at my best every moment is, is why I'm here. Then when things get hard, I'm going to double down because now's an opportunity for me to, and Samuel told us that story. A like in, in our videos, Samuel's got that amazing story of, um, they were down. How much were they down by? Oh gosh, you'll know the details. They oh, were down. Waratahs, they were down by yeah. 28 points or was a yeah, 28 points like at halftime and came back to win that game and that mindset of going do you know what it doesn't matter what's happened's already happened there's no point worrying about that whether we can win or not there's no point worrying about that the only thing we can worry about is every moment of this game performing at our absolute best and adapting in real time to the circumstances that are around us and that that's the mindset that we want to cultivate yeah, no, that's a good point. And even even this year here with our club side, we were uh, we won two, lost five at the halfway point of the season, and our season was gone. Hmm. And the leadership group said to us, "Can we have a training session on Tuesday?" But we don't want the coaches there. We're going to go and have a an oh shit session. So they they went into the club and they just laid it all out. Like, why are you here? What do you want to achieve? Blah blah. We played in the grand final. Like, because these guys, they turned around and they went, well, this is what we want to do. And it w- and all year, me and the other coaches never spoke about winning. It was all about, we just want to do, we just want to, you know, be good, pay, you know, blah, 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 culture and all this type of stuff. And we've gone from two and five, season gone, to we lost, we drew one game, lost one game by a point, and, and we were outplayed in the grand final. Like, and you just go... That's because we never focused on win, winning any of those games. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So. What a great story. It's coaching success. Yeah, absolutely. And like we had guys, we had guys that came to us this year to play their last game, their last season of footy. And they all said, we'll be back next year. We got unfinished business now. Like, and nice. they go, like, I thought you were retiring. Oh, I've got another year in me. I've got another year. So, yeah, and I saw a thing. He was a Kiwi guy. It was probably mid-COVID. He was the director of rugby at a junior club in New Zealand somewhere, and he was talking about like KPIs and you know, and he he said he came when he got the job. He changed all the KPIs around, and it wasn't a win-loss record. He said to all his junior coaches, "Your KPIs will be um, judged on how many of those kids from under eights play under nines next year." And they all thought nice. he was they all thought he was crazy. And then about you know halfway through the season, the results started to happen because there was no pressure to win anything. And then all of a sudden the next year they actually grew and they grew, you know. So yeah, take take the pressure out of it and just enjoy it. Make make good people, let them play. And the other thing we know is that you know, if we want to succeed in a high performance environment, then on the technical tactical side. You got to be willing to do things over and over and over and over again. If you don't enjoy it, and if the only reason you're doing it is because someone's forcing you to do it and getting you in trouble if you don't do it, then you're going to look for every opportunity you can to sneak out, to not do it, to you know, to get away from it. Whereas if you enjoy it and you feel like proud of it and cared for, then you're going to be more willing to do it. We've, I, you asked about the grassroots, so I've got um, three stepsons and. Um, are the the little two uh, both play rugby so the middle boy just turned 13 
And he came home tonight and he said, Kyle, I went and I did these running drills, ran to the 20 back, ran to the 50 back. He said, Bowden Barrett can do it in four minutes and 32 seconds. Or I'll get the numbers wrong, whatever. He said, it took me, you know, 12 minutes and 14 seconds or whatever, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep, I'll get faster every time. And I was like, yep, you keep going. He was so excited, so proud. And when you have that excitement, then you're willing to go out and do the same boring drill over and over and over again and get better at it every time. Yeah, that's absolutely. It takes a takes a special person to do those because I hate them. And they're not fun to coach, but they're not fun to coach either when you've got players there that don't want to do them. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, well, he must be the only kid that I know that actually enjoys doing the Bronco. So you can let him know that. <laughs> I'll tell him he'll be stoked. Yeah. Um, so Grant, with the coach changeovers at the Crusaders, um, like with Jace leaving and those guys moving on to the All Blacks, and I believe Razor's going to do next year and then he's moving on, if you listen to the media, what sort of succession plans do you does is in place? Um, because that's probably a big thing at club footy as well. Like, where does the next, when that guy moves on, where does that next coach come from? Yeah, it's a great point. I think that's where, not just the Crusaders, Bully. I think every every team will have um, a super team, whether it's New Zealand or Australia, uh, or your own workplace will have a succession plan. And mm. um, I have seen on the board. Uh, you know, I see on the board in the CEO's room last year, I remember seeing all these initials and I'm trying to work out who's that, they're coming now. If this situation happens... Don't reveal anything, Grant. Yeah, yeah. He's gone and then he's coming out. Oh, he's, you know, so, yeah, there's a definite succession plan. And okay. even if I, if I just look at an example with Jace um, after six years with the Crusaders, Dan Perrin, who, um, who was the Tasman... Uh, Yep. Scrum coach uh, this year and next year he's co-head coach um, with another with another coach here at Tasman and the MPC. Well, he's been involved with the Crusaders in the summer program over the last couple of years. So what that normally means is Jace will pick someone that he he sees real potential in, and he'll start pre-season, which the Crusaders have just well super teams have just started last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. They're in for two weeks. He'll come back again in January for another couple of weeks. So he'll get that opportunity so Dan's had that for the last couple of years so he's been groomed as 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 Jason's um success you know successor so there's yeah the Crusaders like every other team have yeah. got their plans in place and and with Razor look we, we, we don't know um you know if you listen to the media you know um they're saying he should be you know what's New Zealand rugby saying uh Jeepers he's he's the most successful coach we've ever had and we're, we're talking about should he should he go there gosh almighty he should be the all-black coach in, in our view um however we don't make the decisions and we just have to wait and see so um Razor's uh success the person that will replace him yes There'll be someone there that's in the in the background, yeah. And uh, but I'm sure those timelines will all, always be changing. Yeah, and that's that. That was sort of why I just want to ask because a lot of the, the clubs they they don't have those succession plans in place, and then like the head coach moves on or stops coaching, whatever, and then everything just falls over because just like you said, they haven't not picked a successor, but haven't groomed and molded those coaches in the lower grades. To, to step up so it's tough bully isn't it like yeah it's absolutely level i feel for club coaches because jeepers it's a 25 
30-hour week job now. Players are demanding more. They want this. They want reviews. They want um, one-on-ones. Uh, they, they, they want a lot now. Young players want a lot to hand out, you know, and yeah. it's, I feel for club coaches because you're giving up your own time and that's time away from the wife, the family, the kids and, and, and everything. It's it's not easy. And I think for clubs, I remember when I was coaching at Ponsonby, we, we were very fortunate in Auckland, uh, which is a very, it's a successful club side. Um, and what we did there, we had a succession plan. So when we were coaching the premier side and we'd won three or four years in a row, so we're, we're going to go one more year. But what we did, we had our Colt side and the club coach there, uh, he'd won a couple of years with a Colts side. So we said, well, if you're happy to finish at, at Colts, come on board with us as a, like a technical advisor, stay with us for a year, take all our knowledge, and then you take over the next year. Well, I think we end up winning eight or nine championships. And so we'd won the first three or four years. He then carried on, won another two or three. Then he did the same with someone else, and he won another couple of two. So there was always that succession plan, and that's a successful one. But um, I, I made it club rugby. It's tough, and it's tough getting the right people that can dedicate the time. Yeah, and that's that's the time factor, like you said, for the club footy boys. Um, yeah, with work and family and everything else. So no, that's really good. Thanks, mate. Um, so we've you've given us a quick rundown, Kayla, of the program itself. So it's a two week program. Um, is there anything else? that you want to add in that we haven't talked about around the pro, like in the next program that's coming up for the, for the listeners that might be keen to attend. Yeah. So we um, have confirmed for the Jan Feb program, um, much like with the program that you did bully that we will have a one hour live ask me anything session with razor and a one hour live ask me anything session with Robbie so both of those are sessions where um, the participants can show up. You can submit your questions on Slack uh, on our communications hub earlier, or you can show up live to the uh, to the Zoom session and, and we get as many of those questions answered as possible. Um, so those are both locked in as well. And um, yeah, looking forward to another awesome session. We had, uh, you know, 115 coaches from 14 countries on the last one. Looking forward to a similar uh, group this time, and um, just really excited to to see who comes along and and engage with everybody. Yeah, nice. No, thank. You. And yeah, it was an awesome program. Um, I took a lot away from it. So, and, and like you said, anyone at any level, under eights through to you know professionals, will take something away from from that session um so um, i mean i will say like i'm not a rugby coach myself i have to admit um i have learned so much from working with these guys mm. so I'm a, I'm a chief executive i work with leaders of, in all different industries all different sectors um i i've you know been doing this for a long time i've learned so much from working with these guys and i i told samuel i was like you know, I have your voice in my head all the time of going, you know, he says, as a captain, one of the hardest things is knowing when to keep quiet. And I was like, damn it, Samuel, why are you, why are you attacking me like this? Like, what are you trying to say about me as a leader? Right. And um, there's just, it, it's just applicable to our personal growth as leaders and as human beings. And so, you know, I've been so grateful to be in this process you know, myself, it's made me a better leader. And so, um, yeah, I'm really proud to share it with everybody. Yeah. And that there was some 
good light bulb moments where, you know, Robbie or Razor or any of the boys were talking to you, you just go, oh, yeah, I, I do that. Oh, <laughs> oh crap, I do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, even just, like you said, if you're a, man, if you're a manager or a leader outside of rugby, you're still going to um, get a, a lot out of it. So, no, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, one last one for Grant, and then I will let you both go. Um, what do you do and you encourage your coaches to do around their own personal develop, their own coaching development? I think connect with people, connect with fellow coaches as much as you can because um, yeah. there's always a stigma that if you haven't played at the highest level um, that you're possibly not going to make it as a coach. Um, Jace Ryan's a great example. Um, you know, he's now the All Black assistant coach. Brad Moore was previous to him. Both Crusader coaches hadn't played at the first class level, but mm. understood the game, um, connected with people. Um, I, guess, I guess learned and listened to, to other people's areas of expertise on on where and 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 how they went wrong. Uh, look, I know I know Jace speaks a lot about being world class. He said you need to select something in your coaching that makes you world class at something, whether that is a skills coach, whether that's a front row coach, bully, being something, uh, taking something in your coaching that you are world class at. And he 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 speaks strongly about that. Um, my CEO always talks about I, I don't read enough books. Actually, I don't read anything. I'm terrible at it. I read the newspaper, and and that's pretty much me. But I I need to read more. Even even where I'm at in my coaching, and at my age, getting older, um, I still need to develop and grow, and I need to read more and 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 open my mind to to other things. So I think that's the the biggest thing we can give to coaches. But you, you mentioned before, Billy, you know about trying not to copy and paste. You know, um, be yourself as a coach. Be authentic. Don't try and be someone else. Like you can take bits of uh, bits of people, but at the end of the day, as a coach, you've you've got to be you, and you've got to stand up and be authentic because yeah. players players see through that as you oh, get yeah. to the higher level. They see through it, and they can chop you down very very quickly. Yeah, and I think too, just on that, I think a lot of coaches do it because, especially when they're starting out, they think that they're supposed to be the oracle of all knowledge, and I don't know about you, but the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. And like I've got players now that play with me and and I learn from them because they've played at other clubs and other levels and they just come in with a different set of eyes or a new idea and it's just like, oh, I don't know, let's give it a crack. You, as a coach, you don't need to be that oracle of all knowledge. And I think like, and that's what these courses also set up is that a way, like, those little groups away from it. So you can actually reach out to people and go, hmm. oh, Grant, I'm having trouble with this. Have you got any ideas on it, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, like you said, that's that's the way the world is now, people. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's where I think a lot of people copy and paste because mm-hmm. they see, you know, they see Jace doing something or or they see Smithy doing something. They go, yeah, I'm going to do that on, on the... And if, if you can't progress it or regress it or actually know what you want to achieve, there's mm-hmm. no point running it. So Dead right. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You know, don't be afraid... To say the player, I don't know. Yeah. But what I will do is I'll find out. Yeah. And I'll come back to you. Yeah. And, and if you do that as quick as you possibly can, then that player will go well. Yeah. He, he admitted, yep, I don't know that, but I will find out. I will help you. Yeah. And I think that's a can good point. Billy, can I just uh, give you a little bit of kudos there from, you know, to Grant's point about not being afraid to be vulnerable? Two things you said on this podcast that I just want to call out and, and show my respect for. One is your comment you made just now about, you know, not 
the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And, you know, being willing to not be the oracle of all knowledge and learn from your players, that is such a massive thing that, you know, more coaches will benefit from understanding that thing of like, I don't actually have to have the answer as a coach. And then the other thing is what you said um, earlier in the podcast, um, when you said that the players asked for a session without the coaches and for a lot of coaches, that would be a really threatening thing, right? To go, I can't just let my players go ahead and do a thing. I'm the coach. I have to be there. I have to be the one telling them what to do. And for you to have that self-confidence and that strength to be able to let them do that just speaks, I think, to your, the leadership that you show as a coach. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for those things. Yeah. So what we did with that, there was myself and the other coaches there and the captain and that they, they asked us and we said, I, what is, first of all, you know, what do you want to do? And when they said, this is what we want to do, I said, do you need us to help you organize anything? And they went, oh, well, we want to do. So we just gave them like, if I was running it, this is what we would do. And sort of gave them some tips and some pointers and, you know, like this, but we're not involved. We're not involved in this at all. But but we guided them. You know, we, we just didn't, there wasn't cut lunch. It was just like, yep, yeah, okay, cool. You want to do this? These, this would be what I'd look at if I was running this session. And they went away and they said, yeah, it was really good, really good. So, yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. Um, thank you very much. I know you are both very busy. Um, really appreciate your time. And, you know, we're talking about always learning. And I do these podcasts selfishly for me because I've spoken to, I think, about 40 people now. And my theory, my my thing is if I speak to a hundred coaches and I learn one thing from each coach. I know a hundred new things and some of it's not tactical, technical. Some of it's, some of it is, some of it's, you know, so, um, but my theory is if one person listens to this and gets one thing out of it, it's, it's worth the effort. So thank you both so much for your time. I know time differences are, can be a bit of a pain sometimes. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the course too. So if anyone's out there, um, I've done it. I know people that done it. I can hook you up with people that have done it and they can, you know, they can give you some feedback on it as well. So, but yeah. Well, well, thank well you so much money. for having us. It's, it's been no, an absolute, absolute pleasure. No problem at all. Bully, awesome, mate. Thank you very, very much. Uh, hopefully we might see you over in New Zealand. The, yeah, the door's always open at the Crusaders to pop in and, um, and have a look around and come and have a look at training and just, yeah, just, whatever, absolutely. just I, whatever works for you, mate. So I, I uh, do have to get over there, you. but this next year I'm off to France for the World Cup. So that's uh that's sort of taking up the, the dollars and cents at the moment. But yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I do want to get over there. So most welcome. Mate, thanks so much. That's a mighty shot. A mighty Mike Lester and driven off their own ball. That is monstrous. Extraordinary. 30 meters scrum.